Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Ewan Patterson. Howdy. And Dan Durkin. Hello. For a mixed-up Xbox Predictions podcast, because JB's ill. Boy's not been in all week, man. He's sick. He's, he's sick. He's not doing very well. Wish him a, a speedy recovery. Hopefully, he's, he's back soon. But we thought, why not put together various predictions, talk about the leaks and rumors, etc., that are doing the rounds for the Xbox Showcase. Um, and I think it's interesting here because Xbox's own Aaron Greenberg has tweeted, um, getting the digs in against PlayStation, against Sony, by literally tweeting saying they'll only be showing gameplay and they won't have any movie trailers, which is a direct um, reference to the PlayStation Showcase and how CG heavy that was and how that didn't go down very well. It wasn't very good, was it? <laughs> I, I mean, I apart, it, apart from Spider-Man, in my opinion. And Alan Wake 2, Dan Durkin. Mm, yeah. I've never played the first one. Oh, oh, you need to get on that. But, 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 but this is Xbox. This is. Is my jam. this is my jam. <laughs> it's my main console. So. That's the thing. It's worth saying that all three of us grew up with Xbox. We all had the originals, as far as I know, and then yep. we all went 360. We followed it a long time. So I think if you talk about you know the some, some of the announcements, we do have a lot of things to get to um, that would wow all of us. Um, they are coming from a place of love for the brand, for the franchise, yeah. for the Xbox. Yeah. Um, so, But yeah, I think it's worth um, mentioning the thing from Aaron Greenberg as a framing because it means that if they are literally only showing gameplay, at least that's for first party stuff they've said, um, it means that you then couldn't have Elder Scrolls 6 gameplay or something like that. So, um, you know, third parties might still have logo reveals and stuff like that, but as far as first party is concerned, they're only showing gameplay. Um, but yeah, let's break some stuff down. So, um, I think we'll open on, um, for the podcast, Fable, because that's one of the only games that they've directly teased over on Twitter um, from the uh, uh, the official Xbox account, just literally showed a house full of glitter and following it to it. Had the music too. To the it? music, yeah. and yeah, had the, uh, the logo on the TV and everything. Where do you guys come down on Fable? You and you were a fan. Uh, I played the original, I played the first three. Mm-hmm. I really, I like the first First a lot. I like the second. I love the third. The third just kind of left me in a yes funk. Three kind of killed it for a while. I'm with you on that. After all (laughs) that chicken chasing, you mean everyone's dead? Like I was like, what am I doing here? Like I've ruined everything. Like no one's around. Stephen Fry's stolen all my money. Mm -hmm. Like what am I meant to do? Um, But I think you know, as someone who hasn't had an Xbox for a while now, like mm-hmm. I kind of, I made the switch across consoles and the famous, the, the great leap of 2013. I think a lot of people um, make that leap. Where they went to the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Fable's always been struck me as one of the, like that should be a tentpole franchise for Microsoft. Yes. Like it's a great fantasy IP. Mm-hmm. There is no reason why, despite, you know, 
the whole Molyneux controversies and like how you know the the, the, the false promises and mm. the you know whatever the ambition of Fable has never really been you know what it's achieved. Mm. It's still wild to me that it's taken this long for you know we're getting a new installment. I think we, we had one false start before. With the, I do say it's worth yeah. mentioning. Fable Legends was like was playable. Like our own Jules Gill played Fable Legends at an event like on the year just before it was meant to be coming out, and then it was all canned last minute, and no one knows why and whatever with that. So um, yeah, they were pretty far along beforehand. Dirk, are you, uh, would Fable get? Would uh, Fable entice you? So yeah, I played the first two. I played the third one a little bit, mm. and I didn't really gel with it. Mm. Um, but I just think, is Fable the system seller? Well, that's the thing, right? Because I think we're going to talk about Gears in a bit as well, and I think they have these like old IPs that used to be. They used to be like the lifeblood of the brand, and they're kind of not anymore. It's crazy because yeah. I feel like if Fable had been like a consistent release, like not an annual release, obviously, but it, it had had a, if it had maintained a, re- a regular presence mm-hmm. on Xbox past Fable Three, you probably would have developed, you know, an embedded like franchise mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like there is no Fable fan. At least Gears has had like multiple installments. I mean, yeah. Halo, True. Watch for all you can say about how the quality of those sequels has diminished. <laughs> you know, that is still a thing that exists. Uh-huh. It's mm-hmm. still in everyone's conscious. You've got a whole new generation of people who love games now, who probably like Fable. What's that? Well, that's a, I guess that's the weird thing of like reintroducing it to everybody because Fable had such an identity that was so Peter Molyneux, was so Lionhead Games, and was so ruddy bloody English. And it's like, I know that they've Whoa! given it. Whoa, chicken chaser. And so they've given it to, I forget what you call the team now who made uh, makes Forza stuff, but it's like, it's the Forza devs. And it's like, they've not done a game like this before, the Forza Horizon devs rather. And um, it's interesting um, seeing how they'll sort of put it together. They're UK based as well. Aren't yeah, they? exactly. Yeah. So it's like they're from like um, oh, Spittle Tongues or something. I forget what? where they're from. That's what <laughs> <laughs> Is that out the road? That's in Newcastle. Maybe it's something like it's, 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 Leamington Spa. Maybe Le- it's that. <laughs> Some weird name that only we would come up with as the name of a place. But either way, yes, they're uh, they're very UK. From based. Game Bobbington. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys ever play the Xbox Live Arcade game, the Fable one? It was like a chibi style The mini game thing. thing. Yeah, it was like, no. is this a fever dream of mine? Like, if I just this imagine now, this, like, like, you know, I'm just kind of being sucked back into that Xbox Live Avatar era. <laughs> where we're all the getting, best era. Because oh, I'm no. thinking of what was it, Kingdom for Keflings or something? Right. That, that's what my oh, mind conjures. <laughs> what are we going to do now? Doritos Crash Course. <laughs> yeah. Do that. Sneak King. Bring that back. If bring they do Doritos back. Crash Course Can, in 4K. Are they going to announce a new Sneak King at I mean, Xbox. you might as well at this point. You might as well cast the as many necks as possible. Glorious return. I would take that. I would take that. Burger King's skin. It's a good deal. I take that deal every day. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Fable overall, though, has potential. The thing with Fable is, do you think that humor will land now? Like, I think there's a way to do it. It does feel old, though. It feels very Monty Python. Yeah. Like, there's not many contemporary examples you know, of it. Given how much uh, like Americans love to make fun of like English speak mm. on Twitter, I feel like we are, we could be in a fable renaissance. <laughs> Imagine the amount of dialogue that would come along and be like, oh, you bloody chicken chaser, you. And then someone's there typing it all like badly and then having a picture of some with terrible teeth. That's a cultural moment waiting to happen. <sighs> yeah, I mean, you might as well. Like Street Fighter Six's um, British stage has like a little pub and a dude with a massive top hat and a big mustache. So yeah. it's like, that's just us on the global <laughs> stage. So why not? Um, <laughs> but overall, um, yeah, that's the thing. I think because of how heavily they've teased it, either they'll open on that and get it out of the way, quote unquote, and then go in and then be like, oh, you guys think you've seen everything. Here's everything else. Or it'll be what they end on. Um, next big umbrella topic, though, is um, Bethesda and Obsidian and Avowed and just what they do with Bethesda. Obviously, there is already a um, Starfield announcement, Starfield showcase yeah. as a separate thing. So it's like, do they do anything for their main showcase as a way to tease the full thing? But where are you guys at on Starfield in general? Starfield I'm excited for. Mm. Um, again, is it the system seller? Because like, it's also coming out on PC as kinda well. It kind of needs to be. This, this is the thing. Like, 
it's a Bethesda game, so it's probably going to launch broken. Like that's <laughs> that's just the way it is. Like, um, but yeah, it's it's Fallout in space, which piques yeah, my interest. It's, it's interesting because like I feel like if if Microsoft had bought Bethesda like ten years ago, in in the aftermath of this of Skyrim, mm. I'd have been like, well. I can't abandon Xbox now because yeah. they have, you know, I love Skyrim. I'm down for more Fallout. I could imagine them shepherding those franchises really well. Um, but as someone who loves those games and has been on the PlayStation train for a while now, mm. Starfield isn't isn't like a system seller. It's weird yeah. to me. Like I feel like maybe a Fallout New Vegas remaster or something would be. Well, see, <laughs> I originally had this down um, until... I mean, I guess that's the thing. Because they've said first party has to be gameplay, they couldn't... Even if it was real, which I don't necessarily think it is, um, they couldn't, you know, mention a New Vegas 2 because uh-huh. they wouldn't have any gameplay to put with it. But they have bought up all the dudes from Bethesda, from Obsidian, so they now have that staff pool to do a New Vegas 2 in the most authentic way possible but it's just, at I some mean, point. I mean, I, I would, that's the main thing because... The other thing I was going to say is that I hated Fallout 4. Right. I absolutely despised <laughs> I think everyone, Fallout It's not 4. that bad. Oh, no, I really... Like, that was so antithetical to Bethesda's role-playing tenets that they established uh-huh. with, like, Fallout 3 and Skyrim and Oblivion. Mm. Um, and I've not seen... Like, they haven't shown enough, enough of Starfield to make me go, maybe they've learned the mistakes of Fallout 4 mm. in, a, in a different... I mean, if this is the game, this should be the game that makes me go, I am missing out by not having an Xbox. Well, they... So far, I'm still not feeling that. Yeah, they... They've said, like, you know, it, I forgot the number they put on it, but it has so many billions of planets. It's a No Man's Sky type pitch, and it's what Mass Effect Andromeda was going to be, like this, like, big procedurally generated universe that is then tinkered with and made authored over time or whatever. And, like, yeah, that, that sort of split of, like, how uh, character-based is it going to be, mm-hmm. or is it going to be completely open, like how No Man's Sky That's is. That's a little bit of a red flag for me, the mm. sort of procedurally generated thing, because hopefully you've got these, like, curated experiences and stuff <laughs> like that. You're going to get mm. people loading into floors and stuff. Oh, come across a if they make a whole planet, it just teep and it's like, this is what we, what we do here. This yeah, is just yeah, our entire yeah. race. This is Yeah. <laughs> what if they just join a in? bug planet and it's like, uh, oh, we're all buggy here, but that's how it's meant to be. My legs are <laughs> over there. <laughs> Isn't that so funny? <laughs> Seeing that the success of like Xbox is on Starfield. Like if Starfield yeah. fails, that's it. It's all over. Like, do you buy into that like sentiment? I'll tell you what, like I, I, not necessarily because I think that there's so much money riding on them and everything else. But I mean, obviously the interviews that Phil Spencer's been doing um, addressing the period between 2013 and the start of the Xbox uh, series systems and just saying like Microsoft were considering canning the whole Xbox brand. Um, and they've built all this stuff with Game Pass and everything else. And the most recent interview that he did on Kind of Funny where he was like, that's just what we are now. We're, we're in third place. We're embracing it, etc. Um, and if you look at the uh, the sales data, it was like for Jedi Survivor, it was like uh, 87%, I think it was UK box sales were on PS5. Oh, and wow. it was like Xbox was like 13% or something. Wow. So it's like... I was one of the 13%. <laughs> flying the flag. Dan, like Spider-Man holding the wreckage. I've not even played it properly because I was just getting like terrible. I mean, it's still buggy as hell. But, like, yeah. but still, that wasn't the only game as well. There was a couple of others that have released recently that have just massive, uh, you know, the, the market is favoring PlayStation, whether it be PS5 or PS4, um, which is interesting. But yeah, I, Starfield is massively important. I think it's like, but again, Spencer was like, oh, it's not going to be an 11 out of 10. It's not going to be this big system seller. It's it's just going to kind of be though? there. I don't know why he's got this like thought in his head that 
oh, we can't compete, we're mm. the underdog and all this. Like, just make good games. Well, I think... <laughs> Go out and say it. If you're going to do Starfield, you've got Bethesda, who are one of the most acclaimed RPG developers, like, going. If not the Go most acclaimed them. Western... Go out and back them. Like, don't, obviously, mm. don't overhype it, mm-hmm. but, like, have confidence in your stuff. They're try- He's walking such a fine line, and um, there's so many laser beams around him as well in terms of the amount of ongoing legal stuff where they can't play too big a card because they're that's their whole play against Sony. Is like, we're oh, just right. little old Microsoft. <laughs> I might not be a big city lawyer <laughs> <laughs> I just want some games I don't know and so yeah so there's they're trying to sort of like do all that it's all very public facing and everything um, but yeah overall like with Starfield I think like you know the controllers kind of leaked online I think they have they're doing a big merch push like they do need it to be a big deal um, but also it's it's kind of funny because obviously Bethesda's um, reputation like you said Dan is not they're not known for polished games <laughs> and in the shadow of Redfall they cannot have another first party game that is in a state and I know that internally it was delayed for polish but like is it that much polish? Is there still going to be something wrong with it? Whatever. Like, my gut says, yeah, because it's Bethesda, but... Oh, we're going to get this, another apology letter after the fact. Oh, <laughs> Apology.jpg. Yeah, we're, we're so sorry. We're sorry for putting Gollum in Starfield. <laughs> We've heard your concerns about Gollum. Hey, I tell you what, that would, that would save Gollum in his little helmet. And you get a little Gollum ship. Gollum Starfield crossover. I would take that. That would, take that. that would save that. Um, but yeah, overall, um, you know, I mentioned Bethesda and everything and Obsidian. Uh, Obsidian's main game is Avowed. That was one of the first things that they mentioned, um, which was kind of like, a, it was a CG trailer, but it was made to look like gameplay yeah. as far as I know and um, so yeah like assumedly they have something ready to show they've like, got to have something yes yeah. it's um, Obsidian are like flying as well like a lot of their smaller teams have helped with like, w- like you know a bunch of other games I'm pretty sure Pentiment was made by some of the staff from there yeah. as well so it's like they've been given the freedom to sort of do all these other games um, and put them out on Game Pass but yeah Avowed feels like the um, the stepping stone to get to the Elder Scrolls or whatever the next big first person yeah, RPG that's the thing. is I don't think they'd show both that and mm. Elder Scrolls at the same time because it's kind of like conflicting mm-hmm. True. I mean, yeah, they kind of need to manage that whole thing in terms of the different like genre boxes they're taking or whatever. Um, I want to talk about Shadow Drops because um, I feel like this, when Hi-Fi Rush dropped earlier in the year, that was such a good indicator of like, okay, you have the Game Pass model, you have like, it's like 20 million subs or whatever it is, people who have um, Game Pass subscriptions. Um, Shadow Drops should be your thing. Like you should be the opposite of the long drawn out hype cycle. You should be holding all your cards close to your chest, like what Rockstar do, and then just go, hey, by the way, this thing that looks incredible, it's available right now. And you already have Game Pass, so just go play it. And I, I love that feeling when Hi-Fi Rush drops, and I feel like if they embrace that, that would be their counter to the big sort of long drawn out AAA marketing yeah. cycles that PlayStation do. So like, I hope something gets shadow dropped. Dirk, and you wrote down uh, replaced, which is like a really cool looking two D, so good, yeah, like HD two D thing, so good. It's like a uh, yeah, like an awesome like cyberpunk style game, which a lot of people might not know by name, but if you look at the trailer, it probably did leave a mark yeah. from previous showcases. Um, yeah, what do you guys think of like shadow drops in general? Would it be something that you would be excited by? I'm a big fan because long drawn out hype cycles i'm kind of like oh i can get excited for it and then the more i see of it the more anxiety slips in <laughs> whereas if they just announced it yesterday like literally today i'm like oh my god that's so cool i'm gonna yeah. get it and then maybe it will paper over some of the mild disappointment that could but yeah no it's great it's because you're <laughs> discovering with you're discovering it with everyone at the same time yeah yeah i enjoy that aspect to it a lot same and I, th- I think for me it's like like i said we have such a, a weird relationship with hype especially in gaming or with entertainment that you can i feel like more entities need to experiment with shadow drops like it worked a trick with Pokemon Go, um, and then I mean I have random examples for this, but like Avenged Sevenfold's last album, not their most recent one, but the one before that, they just randomly tweeted going, "Hey guys, a whole new album's there." I think it was, the stage, yeah. I don't know. Like, me neither, but I think <laughs> <laughs> but the idea was there. 
And so uh, I'm curious about that because, like, you know, history dictates that you should build up to something. I like the idea of inverting it. I think, yeah, I would agree because we talk about so many games that are getting delayed at the minute, which obviously, you know, delays. If, if you if you aren't confident to release your game in a sound state with the original release date, absolutely delay it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I think it was like Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League was revealed in, what, 2020? Yeah, yeah, a while ago. Yeah, twenty twenty. Was it twenty twenty? It was, was during it the, the first, the first DC fandom, wasn't yeah. it? Along with Gotham Knights. Yeah, um, yeah. And that game has now been. De- is it been delayed till it's next year? Next yeah. year. So <laughs> it's not going to save that game. Like, no, it? Four years, no. and that is like that was announced to five years after Arkham Knight. So we've been waiting. When when that game releases, if it does release next year, that'll mm. have been a nine year wait for that game. Oh yeah, man. So any excitement you could have built up from the momentum of Arkham Knight, you're now kind of like, oh. Whereas if maybe, if maybe Roxley had been in the dark this entire time, it would have been a bit worrying to be like, is is she safe? What are they doing? <laughs> is she all right? But it would maybe be like, oh, I'm more excited. I mean, I don't like Suicide Squad: The Killer Justice League mm. as a concept, but maybe I would have been if it was a shadow drop. I'd be yeah. like, oh, that's neat. I, I guess. think as well the, the big for that games game. though, like they're not going to do that with the big boy games. You know what I no. mean? Like, I don't know. It's is anyone still talking about Hi-Fi Rush? Is anyone still playing no, it? No, not really. But the, but the thing is, like, I kind of welcome a return to that style of game, like the game that is designed to be finished. Double like, A? Double yeah. A. I mean, I would say that like, there's a lot of Hi-Fi Rush that is triple A, like that game's animation, the boss fights and everything. Like, it plays beautifully. Um, like I said, I would, I, from, to me, that is another one of their things that Xbox could do really, really well. Games that are designed to be finished that are the opposite of Sony's you know, live service. You know stuff. what? You know what we're missing? Go on. The movie tie-in. We are massively missing the movie We're tie-in. We're missing the movie tie-in. The licensed game just, <laughs> just that just exists. Give mm-hmm. me, give me five t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles games in like in like the space of three years. Yeah, I'll, we'll, be, I'll buy them all. I'll be that guy. For I'll me, pop up the gaming industry. As I think that would. Mass- I think if you get the budget right, that would massively work. You've got various teams that are like experimenting with double A stuff, like um, Ninja Theory with Hellblade or whatever. So it's like that. that when you mentioned like tie-ins, made me think of like Transformers Devastation because oh. Platinum had that little run in TMNT. I know those games weren't brilliant, but like they came out in quite a quick um, turnaround. There's probably a way to do that. Activision ruined it for all of us. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's not always the turnaround time or the the assumption of like hyper polish that needs to be on everything. Um, but yeah, I like the idea of because you have Game Pass as a backbone, like just putting stuff on there that you'll actually get through. And it's like, if going forward, Sony's going to be going all in on live service stuff, then they should remind people that actually yeah. we're not going to fleece you. You can finish it. And it doesn't matter if you're not talking about Speaking it. Speaking of months. Game Pass as well, though, it's been rather weak lately. Oh, dude, like, yeah, it's dropped right I hope we get some good like third-party stuff on a Game Pass like to make it worthwhile because mm. it's it's been lacking. Recently. They had like a weird um, like moment when <laughs> Lord of the Rings Gollum were, like obviously it was doing the rounds, the reviews and everything. But Gollum was on Game Pass. No, but, Gollum Pass. but it was <laughs> they could have totally marketed hashtag Gollum Pass but um, that was on their release graphic for games coming to Xbox but then it was like a big old like you know a tile set of all these ver- various games. Yeah. Gollum was on there but it wasn't on Game Pass and like obviously that was like just before everyone realised how terrible that thing was <laughs> but in the moment it did raise eyebrows like oh cool I'll, I'll maybe check out that but actually no it's not on there so they kind of need to if, if their whole point is only spend £5, £10 and play for a, a month or two then they need to start getting those third party ones I'm curious to see the long term end result for Game Pass because obviously mm. it is the big success story for Xbox's last two generations but I am curious as more and more people are growing conscious of like the fact that they don't own as much as they used mm. to and if Game Pass's library diminishes in quality on a regular basis Will that be enough to cause consternation? Because, like, I know for me personally, I've, from a movie's perspective, I've gone completely away from streaming. I'm now back into my physical media. And this, with games, it was like the fact that 
Xbox was leading further into that streaming element that put me off even more. Mm. Even though it represents good value for money in my brain, I was like, well, I'm just paying to not own things. Right, okay. yeah, yeah. So I'm curious to see, like, I don't know, where do you guys sit on the future of Game Pass? We if, if they keep the, the hits coming, mm. I think it's fine. But like, <clears throat> so every month they take games away and this month was like quite a hard month. They've, they've took loads of stuff off. And like I'm playing Serious Sam Four, like I started, <laughs> and um, they're like, "Oh, we're taking it off this month." So I'm like, "Oh, I've got to rush to finish it now." Like, right. I, it was gonna finish Serious Sam. Yeah, it was like one of those games where it's just turn your brain off and just yeah. shoot things. And it was like I started it, and I'm like, "I want to play it," just you know. And I feel that like if I had owned Serious Sam Four, I wouldn't have to rush to play it. But yeah. then again, I never. Then you'd, then you'd also it. own Serious Sam Four. Yeah, I, I would have <laughs> never have bought it anyway. So it's kind of like the. But that's 22. the weirdest thing to propose as a value proposition to say these games that you wouldn't have bought anyway, we'll give you them, and then you'll play them, and then hoping that works on a long enough timeline. And um, the ownership thing is a good point. Like philosophically, the idea that you're not actually building a collection, things can be delisted and everything. Um, yeah, I'm always fascinated by it because um, from the Sony side, there was like a whole thing from Jim Ryan, some insider wrote up this um, meeting where he'd said that he doesn't consider Game Pass that much of a big deal. It's just sort of ticking over over there. And if you look at like, you know, PlayStation uh, Plus's new tiers, they clearly don't care about competing with Game Pass. Like there's a few things in there, like they just call it NBA 2K23. Um, and every now and then they do a big thing, but their old game offerings are terrible, like mm. for the most part, even though I'm loving Pursuit Force from the PSP, now with trophies, <laughs> but still, most of the, most of the things now on there. trophies. <laughs> they should have a little soundbite. But most of the stuff on there, I don't feel like they care about competing. And like you're saying, Dan, like they've dropped off anyway when it comes to Game Pass. Um, but I think there's ways to capitalize on that, but it depends how much they want to front load it. In it's a just the big showcase. exclusive, like mm. on day one, that's the big that's selling the point. Sell, yeah. But they need to be releasing these exclusives, otherwise what's the point? Mm-hmm. Which what that's the I forget who which one of Xbox's team said that that they were going back on the whole um, we'll have one major release every year thing because they clearly can't hit it right now. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Halo. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> because finishing this fight. <laughs> they, yeah, that, they need to do. They need to finish something with Halo because Halo's in such a weird state. There was a, a whole bunch of stuff with um, three four three had layoffs. Joseph Staten, who was initially brought on to shepherd and get Infinite over the finish line, has now left three four three to uh, work for Netflix, which is kind of funny. But um, to make some sort of triple A game for Netflix. But Halo itself, it's That's like her sentence. I know, right? It's um, but Halo itself is like such in such a weird state where like the Master Chief's um, like the icon of the Master Chief's helmet is inside every Xbox. It's on the chipsets for the Xbox Series X and the Series S. So he's like in th- and he's all over the boxes it's on the as well. Box, yeah. So it's like Halo and is the Xbox. Chief running through my veins. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they want you to think. But they've never really done right by that. And I love the way Infinite played. Um, but it's just that thing of like, do you mention Halo? Do you say there's updates coming? Do you just what leave it alone? What season is it even on? Now? Like, remember <laughs> when it first came out and we were playing it like yeah, almost every day? Yeah. Like, Mm-hmm. And now it's it's probably on like season five or something, and it's just there in the background. It's, it's By far the most pointless battle pass I've ever bought. Because yeah. I, I got it just being, I'm a Halo fan, I'll like, just throw money at it, but it didn't give me anything. who adores, and I mean like Halo 3 up there in my top All three, three of us worship that yeah, original yeah, yeah, yeah. That like Halo, Halo 1, 2, 3, Reach, ODST, bloody love those games. Yeah. Um, Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. I just look across from like the distance over the power. I was like, oh, how are you doing, Halo? Pokes it with a stick. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm dying. I'm a dying life service game with nothing to contribute. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> anyway, this is really is, sad. Infinite ended on a cliffhanger. Mm. Are they going to do story DLC like with the endless and all that stuff? Didn't they say that was canceled or something? Did that they? was there was a whole uh, that that was in the conversation when Staten left of mm-hmm. like the bits they'll still be moving forward with. But yeah, they could do with some wider clarity on just what the living hell Halo Infinite is because ironically they named it after the idea of it being a long-term yeah. service and it's died faster than any other Halo <laughs> in history. Shame. So it's weird, but um, yeah, I feel like it's it's worth mentioning Halo because there's always an assumption of Xbox announcement, Halo, but I don't know if they'll actually do it this year. So again, I'm just I'm just a, a sad man. Uh, so I, I'm like, <laughs> the you whole, the master chief? Halo is a perfect example to me in what happens when you divest from a franchise's core tenets. Like Bungie, the whole appeal of Halo as multiplayer from Bungie for me was that it was this refinely tuned, balanced, you know, um, symmetrical gameplay where you could always, if you were better than your opponent and you were less well equipped, you could still find a way but to beat you them. But now it's like, everyone has a stupid little power weapon all the time. She has a like, jetpack. You can fly and now. And this sprinting and everything. It's like, it was already kind of getting away with that with the mm. armor abilities mm-hmm. and reach for me. But I feel like the further Halo goes along, even though it is uniquely Halo, mm. it's becoming just like, it's not 
it's it's becoming more and more clear to me that there is no Halo without Bungie. It's such a shame, right? Because that that thing that you just described, that idea of like that identity, that weird sort of identity crisis they had as like Titanfall was coming out and Call of Duty was flying, and they tried to adopt all the aim down sight stuff, and they had all the different armor abilities and the, the idea of like playing a class. I loved what they did in Infinite, where they reset it all, and it was yeah. like class items. You just find them on the map, and like everyone starts the same. And I was like, that's great. Halo Infinite is the best playing Halo. It's just that everything around it is terrible. There was only like four maps at launch. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the story was like nothing. Like there was a couple of cool um, encounters, a couple of cool boss fights, but like very little in there. Um, but I think that engine is like spectacular. It's just that they don't have the the know-how to do anything with it. So like, I mean, it's, it's interesting you mentioned Bungie because they are literally the ones um, telling Naughty Dog and Sony that The Last of Us, their live service stuff isn't going to work. Like Bungie are the masters of this. Um, and I don't know what the hell you do on the Xbox side because you don't have anyone even close to a bunch either could have do something the like that. Either. Yeah. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens with Halo. I'll be amazed if it gets mentioned. Um, let's talk about Gears of War. Um, they used to always be mentioned in the, in the same sort of um, the same space. Um, there is mention of a Phoenix collection or a Gears of War collection, a Gears of War trilogy collection. Um, obviously, the original's already been remade anyway. But um, where do you guys come down on Gears? I think Dirk and you. Well, I know you're a huge fan. Yeah, I love Gears. It's like one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah, Aww. you know that. I, so I can feel the love. <laughs> Yeah, He's like got a Lancer. they could do the thing that the Master Chief Collection did and remake two, mm. and then include that and just like re remaster three, so they're not like upgrading it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think like we haven't really heard anything from the coalition for no. like since I guess they worked on Halo Infinite a tiny bit. But other than that, I think they've had a couple of games scrapped. We need to hear something mm-hmm. from them. We need something, whether it be Gears Six. Or this this collection thing. Like I think people are clamoring for this collection because mm. everyone likes the original games mm-hmm. and it worked for the Master Chief collection eventually. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, the, the need to show something. I don't know whether with Gears, because like Gears 2 was when they first brought Horde mode in, and I have such beautiful memories of going through all 50 waves of that thing. And uh, I don't know if you bring that back and you, you know, re, like you make all the make the online portion of it as buttery smooth as can be, and maybe that's like your way of just having an omnipresent version of Gears that's always yeah. like available. And um, if you change the way that things launch off the main menu and things like that, and you just have a, a Gears launcher. The originals at like 60 frames per second mm. and stuff, but there's, there's no one playing them because it's... Yeah. It's from 2008. Like, bring it back, mm-hmm. update the graphics, and yeah, just let we let we play Gears the originals again. I would want in um, in Gears Five, like they started adding like uh, more maneuvers over cover, like they make it more smooth for you to leap over or grab an enemy on the yeah. other side and stuff like that. I would want those mechanics put into Gears Two and Three because, like, as much as I adored and like, I largely do still adore Gears. Um, when you go back to Two and Three, it's very noticeable mm-hmm. that they were like some of the earliest cover shooters <laughs> ever, and they don't have any of the advanced mechanics that like the competition would do. Yeah, I, I have nothing else to contribute on this other than that <laughs> I love those original games. Yeah, and uh, again, like obviously, there's been a they've been a, a consistent-ish presence across the previous two generations. Mm-hmm. It, it, it shocks me that that's not as big as it should be. Like, yeah, it, weird, it, like, like it should it should be the big thing. Yeah, like, well, Xbox I mean, shouldn't have to have Call of Duty. Mm. Like it should be able to make Halo and Gears these big things. That's a really good point. The fact that they've just kind of they've had to buy their way back into the top brackets because of how badly they've nurtured or maintained Halo and Gears. With Gears Five, it was the same on launch as Infinite was. Like there was hardly any content there, mm. and I think people just dropped off it. Like they just try to milk you for your money, and it's like mm. you didn't want Sarah Connor in the Terminator. Uh, and also with Gears. Gears 5 ended with, like, a split decision. Spoilers, I guess, if you haven't played eh. it. So one of the characters dies. You have to choose either J.D. or Dell. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Do you think they know what they're going to do with that in Gear 6? I always loved that in the moment because I was like, they don't know what to do with JD. He was very much made as like an answer to the quippy Sony protagonist. Yeah. And like, that's what he was in Gears 4 and everyone hated it. And then in Gears 5, they were like, okay, let's break him like as a character. Let's mm-hmm. absolutely just kick him into the dirt and then have you as the player decide if he should live or not. And I was like, okay, they're clearly just going to read that player data and be like, what do people actually want to do with him? So I think that was, I assume that's their plan. And then they can just say, well, we just looked at what people wanted to do. Yeah. And they just go, just wash the hands of the whole Who thing. Did you choose uh, to kill I don't even remember at this point <laughs> I think I let JD live because I, I was just like well it's Marcus's yeah, son and I felt bad for Marcus so I was just like and, and I love I love all the stuff they do with yeah Marcus and JD and um, just like big kebab legged dudes hugging is always going to be something I'm up for so um, <laughs> I'm just interested to see what, what they do with gears going forward and yeah. I hope they can, they can salvage it I think there's a way that you can have like a, a liquid butter very responsive third person cover shooter that is super about playing the angles game like what online gears was always was um, do that steer into that and like you know put all the resources in the right place whether we'll get that is a whole other thing um, speaking of never maybe not ever getting something is the perfect dark remake reboot whatever that is <laughs> um, the first ever quadruple A game as it was described um, but apparently that games in development hell so there's a whole thing with that where apparently they've never actually been able to decide on what that should be because uh, whether it should be third person or first person or whatever um, there was a whole report over on I think it was Bloomberg but also it was doubled up on Kotaku um, talking about how many staff have left that project and how they just they cannot nail down what their living F perfect dark is yeah. in the modern day so do they address that head on is there actually something to allay those fears are those reports outdated etc if it's all going to be gameplay then surely mm. we don't have anything this is why I think we need new new things announced far, like yeah. that's coming soon so mm-hmm. we've got stuff to look forward to so things like this is less of a blow mm-hmm. I mean the thing is with Perfect Dark like um, that was a phenomenal game in the late 90s that was like specifically like is specifically beloved because it was playing off GoldenEye's fandom yeah. right? because it was rare um, and then I mean rare the dev not that it was a, a rare genre <laughs> but it kind of was I guess in the 90s but um, still like that that cachet you're cashing in on is like so generation specific like we talked before about like it comes back to the generational family yeah yeah like what is perfect dark to the majority of people with an Xbox now a cool like, I think name it's interesting because Xbox to me like with the whole backwards compatibility thing mm-hmm. the thing that I think they do best they should do best to lean on is the idea is like when you have Xbox you're buying into a family I don't mean that in like corporate family speak I mean like if you're in an Xbox Diesel family. You can be familiar. <laughs> you can ride or die with us. You can play all your OG Xbox games, your 360 games, your Xbox One games, all the way through on this family of consoles. And yep. it's not it's not a faff. It's not difficult to achieve. Mm-hmm. Cough PlayStation. Um, <laughs> and it's it's simple and effective. That in my view would have like made maybe made a new perfect dark game make more sense. Well, they're so yeah. close to that. Like, they they have... I mean, they, they are by far, out of the three, if we talk about Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, they are by far the best at giving you a library of games from the past few decades. Nintendo's a close second. Like, obviously, you've got... If we're comparing libraries, Nintendo's is better. Can we get the Game Boy games on Switch, please, Nintendo? <laughs> <laughs> well, they got original Game Boy and Game Boy Advance now, but, like... I want Pokemon. Yeah, I was going to say, they need to add, like, Pokemon and stuff. But, um, but yeah, that whole idea of, like, like you just said, you and, like, giving you your own history, playable, 4K60, whatever, just works. Like, that whole Todd Howard thing if it just works <laughs> why yeah why is that not so easy and they, they've, they've steered in that direction for so long um, and I think they've largely done it it's just that they need to make it part of their identity I was going to say because the thing that about going back to Game Pass mm. Game Pass to me is antithetical to that line of thinking because even though it's giving you a nice buffet of mm-hmm. things to try it's not like it's not it's it doesn't intimate that this is your library that you curate and it's yours right. and you've had it and you've had it for 
decades, mm. almost in a way. Mm-hmm. Which again, you could argue is maybe prohibited to newer gamers because it's the idea of like, oh, you've been with Xbox for so long, why would I jump over there if its main focus is on looking after people who yeah. had an old Xbox? Which by the way, when we were kids and playing the OG Xbox, 20 years prior, it was like, bloody old machine ghost game <laughs> and so I totally like it is history yes so it's it's just such a weird like mess of contradictions to my head what Xbox well, they, is right now they, Phil Spencer said in that kind of funny interview when he was talking about oh we're in third place kind of thing but it's gonna that's where we are um, he was like we lost the, he said they lost the most important generation the, the, the PS4 the Xbox One generation because that was when everybody built their digital libraries and that's like Arguably true, but I think that like the thing you just said there, Ewan, is that Xbox history goes back to the start of Xbox Live in terms of the accounts that we've had and the data that's been tracked. Like you could easily pull from that. You're going to go back to like 2006 or whatever and just say like, then here's your personal library, Spotify daily mix style, yeah. um, and give you access to all that stuff. Do you want to play this game a day? Throw up yeah. a suggestion. If you give me brute force mm-hmm. randomly, I'll take it. Whenever <laughs> that, whenever that is, I'll take it. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of Perfect Arc, I'll be amazed if that thing is in a better state than the various reports painted as. I think they should just reboot it like God of War style, just like Ooh. just totally overhaul the gameplay mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and just make it like a story based thing. I would take like a cool. like a way older, like retired Joanna Dark doing that, like the old Sam Fisher style training a new agent yeah. or something like yeah, something like that. That's just sort change of, it up a bit. Yeah, it gives it new life. I think literally with this, it's because um, like I said, it was a massive deal in the nineties, um, and it's a little bit synonymous with Xbox because it was a three sixty launch game as well. Um, but I think it's just a cool name. I think at some point it's just executives going like, it's a cool name, Perfect yeah. Dark. It's like, a cool name. People kind of know that name. No, one, no one's disagreed about the name. <laughs> the name is locked in. Um, okay, let's talk about some specific stuff that we want to see just to round things out. We have one pick each, um, starting with the Indiana Jones game from Machine Games. You and this is your pick. This is like the one game that has the potential to convince me to buy a new Xbox console. Mm. My whole strategy recently has been I'm going to wait for the Xbox One to come down in price and get that, and then I can have HD gaming on my OG Xbox because right. I have one of those Skype HDMI adapters to play OG Xbox games on my TV, but it doesn't look perfect. Right. Um, and I have a bunch of old Xbox. Xbox 360 games as well. So having the Xbox ones, I play that backwards combat library and have that be my backwards combat time machine, as it were. <laughs> you play Halo 3 again. <laughs> exactly, is the most economic thing, because the Master Chief collection is on there yep, as well. That's it. The most economic sense to me. However, I am a simple man. I love seeing Harrison Ford and the fedora punch Nazis in the face. Yep. So if this new Indiana Jones game is good, mm-hmm. and they show some gameplay of it. I'd be so happy because the last AAA Indiana Jones game we got was canceled. I remember back, I don't know if you remember this, Scott, mm-hmm. Dan, back in 2006, 2007, when they were first, LucasArts were first showing off Euphoria and Havoc and Force Unleashed in its early stages. They also revealed a Indiana Jones game, which became the Staff of Kings for the Wii. The one right? where he's fighting on top of the bus. He's, he's fighting on top of the um, the San Francisco tram. Yes, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember being like 11, like logging onto the internet, <laughs> looking at that and being like, wow, <laughs> this looks amazing. Uh-huh. I have such fond memories of like the older Indiana Jones games as well. It's wild to me that even though Star Wars has been such an ever-present force in this medium, mm. Indy comparatively has not been, even though he has a lot of good games. So if they get this right, long way to say, I want an Indiana Jones game. And the if, thing is, yeah, I want it. It's worth remembering or pointing out rather for anyone who doesn't know, like Lego Indiana Jones and um, the other one, the 360 one, they're both on Xbox Marketplace. I mean, so you can play them. Lego like Indiana Jones is the best Lego game. Oh, <laughs> that's it is. a bold claim. It, it is, is a bold the best claim. Lego game. It's, it's Lego 2K drives pretty good. I'm ah, just saying. 2023 ah. and with the last minute choice. Um, but yeah, Indy feels like something that I'd forgot they were even doing that until you mentioned it this morning. Yeah. Um, but that is Machine Games, in theory, their next game, although they are overdue for the next Wolfenstein as well. So um, Machine Games are part of the discussion at the minute as the various devs that will assumedly be at the showcase. So they should have something to show. 
but I guess we'll see. Um, Durkin, you had the return of classic Guitar Hero. Yes, well, <laughs> with all this, the, the Activision stuff going on at the minute, mm. uh, I'm probably not going to get this, but like, <laughs> yeah, I want Guitar Hero to come back, like, original, just just the guitar. You've got the five colour buttons and, yeah, just a good soundtrack. Okay. Um, there's also some stuff, yeah, that I've got on my list. Mm. Uh, Hellblade 2. Shout. Um, we've got Contraband. I, I want to know what, I forget what Contraband that is. is. Yeah. There was like a CG trailer a few years ago. Uh-huh. Maybe last year, I don't know. Um, we should touch on Hellblade for a little bit because yeah. that game um, was one of the only games, even from a few years ago, that had gameplay. Like when they first showed off the Series X, it was like, look how unbelievable this looks. This creepy giant. Yeah, the creepy giant, Melissa Jurgens, like um, returning a Senua. Like that game that has the potential to be their Naughty Dog contender, at least to me. I think that the yeah, motion definitely. capture is incredible. Um, it's just weird with Ninja Theory where they got out there a couple of years ago and just showed they were working on something else. And it was like, look at this. Like they were rendering their own kitchen in their office or something. And it was lifelike. And I was like, okay, but the hell, you're not doing the Hellblade? Because that was the thing. the thing with the um, where they were on stage and were taking pictures of someone's face and they were literally animating that face. Yeah, that's it apparently crazy. Yeah, that's apparently the tech that was is used to make the cutscenes or whatever yeah, in Hellblade, where they just so act good. it. Yeah, like a theater performance, and it just digitizes it, which is really cool. Yeah. So Hellblade um, with Xbox are kind of partnering with Riot, so maybe we'll see League of Legends on console. League of Legends stuff is flying at the minute. Like, the um, Arcane's obviously, like, one of the best TV shows of the last few years. Oh, There's a it. new League of Legends game. Um, I don't know if it's on other consoles, but I saw it on the Switch top 10. Like a side scrolling thing, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. like there's a lot of little side, little little um, side projects that keep getting released. Uh-huh. And my last thing is State of Decay three. Like, oh, overdue. Is it is it going to be open world like open world MMO like because of the the promise this big massive game like mm. and I've been getting bang into State of Decay two nice. recently, so it's like show us some gameplay of this. Mm-hmm. Plus Undead Labs are like one of those, when they got bought, it was like, that's a really good get because State of Decay came out of nowhere and to a lot of people, like, is the definitive zombie game. Yeah. Um, I feel like 2 launched in such a gross state, but it's it did good get now. Yeah. It is good now. <laughs> Spent so many hours in this game. Mm-hmm. I just want to see a bigger game, better graphics, and more, like, multiplayer components. Mm-hmm. Like, Show us some gameplay too. Patented Stubbs, the zombie DLC. Bring it in. Let me roll my head. Some some men. Um, My one for what I want to see is overall, it's Double Fine. I just want to see what um, Tim Schafer and Double Fine are doing. Um, I cannot shout out enough the, um, the, I can't even think of what it's called, Psych Odyssey. Um, It's the making of Psychonauts 2 that's over Mm. on the Double Fine channel. If you want a literal fly on the wall uh, insight into literally how a game is made from a napkin sketch to the end product, it's one of the best documentaries um, doing the rounds. Um, But yeah, that's on their official channel. And in the middle of that is all the pandemic stuff, they had to recut the course correct. Also in the middle of that is them getting bought out by Xbox and how that affected everything. Um, and obviously, you know, Tim Schafer was one of the first people to come out on stage a few years ago and say during the, Xbox, the Series X announcement stuff that they were going to be part of Xbox going forward. So they've had a couple of years to put some stuff together and I, I'm curious what that is. My dream, if I single it down, my dream is Brutal Legend 2 because that's <laughs> that's dreamlike. Um, that game was completely mishandled by EA back in the day. It was completely mismarketed. Um, I hated it when it first came out. I loved the opening level like everyone else did. Yeah. And then as soon as it became this top-down RTS thing, I was like, what the hell is this? That's not what I was sold. Um, but having gone back to that game during the pandemic and just take it as its own merits it's genuine one of my favorite games I think it's incredibly well made it's so got so much heart and soul I love all the the soundtrack's phenomenal um, it just deserves so much more love and it's entirely the fault of the marketing department because it should never have been marketed that way 
Um, and I think that because Tim Schafer loves metal and because he's been doing all these collaborations with Jack Black, you could easily do a Brutal Legend 2 and there's enough of a little cult classic fandom there um, that would spread the word like I am right now. I've got my fingers crossed for you. Thank you. That's all <laughs> I ask. Um, but yeah, we'll keep an eye on stuff. We've got Summer Games Fest tonight on the day that we're recording this. This Woo! is Thursday. This will go live in the afternoon um, and we'll just see what happens across the next few days. There's a lot of, lot of showcases. A lot of things. A lot of things doing the rounds. Gaming, baby. Gaming, baby. <laughs> Gaming summer. For now, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by you and Patterson. Uh, goodbye. And then you said, howdy again. Bye. <laughs> howdy, doody. I'm Dan Durkin. Boy. Boy. We'll catch you next time. Boy. Bye. See ya. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.